Good evening and welcome to our service this evening. Our call to worship comes from the scriptures. Come, let us enter into the presence of the Lord our God with joy and thanksgiving and bow in his holy presence, for he is our God and we are the sheep of his pasture. I now hand over to those who can speak in the language that I can't speak. No, we had me on my chair. I got boinka or a muscloid. It was a lot of it. She knew no, she knew Kasur, a shintin at a lot, he earned a gatiho, Kerepiaki, Shin Yashaharan. Nahani, my car, corny, and in my refreshing of tene. Ashin Yakorni, Yernik, between shouting in Noas or Yenachinoch Kasur, between Toronya, Skakush, and Yanaki. Got Rorgaskarni, Vishnitian, Nas Muanti, and it was not Mopis. But when a great one has got course to hear, as you got the Volagers and Quilt Talk Lacking, Eka and like an Orcasur, as you got the Volag, a son of Chark and how can Maya the Yanagos, Gorni son of Chark and Maya Nekanama shock, but when the Hutchers can ask to hear an open on the hear, and Scabishing. A faint bear, poor Nach Morgan and Nickinson Hirn. As in the chain, the Kajak gets Piachkin and Hirn. As Yakish in a toy, Hirn Katrikus said the McToy. As I fish in the Hirn, Tidnikinish and Kapahikatunses, Kajak and Piachkin is contraction. Kabelus a feeling of his cast coffee magain. Moshani Hirn as in chain, Moshani Hirn as a spirit ashen. Kabelus have coffee cross for. a pork and use the sick in elk. Between a docker source, it is with a version of the Ertron. As you had a mollagus on Jacob, who was a tunic and a masho. Between an astach here and an opet on a hog, is an opet a kendachic hen who says no heart on a beach sharamanak, but to Malia de Shihirn. König on a shihirn, my hoinal got the logs, Jonic between a docker source here. Let the spirit go between Tathwinier, Gurdusitio Hariolo, Glancing as a Christois, Troricus Judet Kames, La Fox and Rioritil in Yisipi, Achius Christ to possession of the Jesu, or some Piachi Hilates in Yam, Glancing as Troric in Yon Vianitis, Fantmada than Yukruyet, Erskach Yes, Amen. Our reading this evening comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 20, and we'll read the whole chapter. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those 
to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended, that is, the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence the earth and the sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is the truth, the truth which will stand forever. And Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have also given us a desire to read your word. And Lord, we would pray that you would make us students of your word, that not a day would pass but that we open up the pages of Holy Scripture and read and meditate therein. Lord, we thank you for those who in many years gone by worked so that we have this translation of your word available to us. We do not take it for granted, but Lord, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your word, because your word speaks to us, it ministers to us, it builds us up, it makes us strong, it guides our footsteps. Lord, it does so much for us that we could not live without it. 
And Father, we would pray that for every one of us gathered here in this sanctuary this evening, young or old, that you would give us an ever-increasing desire to read your word, even if we've been reading it for 40, 50, 60, 70 years or more. Give us, Lord, that insatiable desire that longs to meditate on your word. And so, our Father, we want to thank you for your word. And tonight we would want to pray for teams of people who are working in many different parts of the world, in different continents, in different countries, seeking to make your word available for yet another people group, another group who have never, ever had anything of your word in their own language. Lord, Give them strength, give them courage, give them accuracy. Help them, Lord, to faithfully translate your word so that those who read it will understand it, be able to take it in, be able to profit from it, be strengthened by it. And so, our Father, tonight we just thank you for your word and thank you for the wonder of it. And Lord, we would pray that wherever your word is read and preached this evening across the island chain, throughout Scotland, across the UK, throughout Europe and further afield to the far-flung corners of our world, wherever your word is preached or has been preached, we pray that your blessing would follow it. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would apply it to the hearts of those who have sat under its ministry and that they would have gone home better people having heard from you. So, Lord, we commend ourselves into your hand this morning, this evening, and pray that you would prepare our hearts to listen to and to profit from your word. We ask it. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we ask that you would still our hearts, that you would still our thoughts, still our minds, and help us, Lord, to listen to your voice as you, as you speak to us through your word. Thank you, Lord, that you know us through and through. And Father, we pray that your word would be personal to us this evening, that we may know ere we leave this sanctuary that God has spoken. Do it, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak this evening about a subject that I did not choose. When I read this chapter of God's word several weeks ago, I was convinced that this was the chapter for this evening. So if you have any uh, qualms about that, I suggest that you speak to God afterwards rather than to me because he laid this on my heart. I want to talk about the fact of judgment. Acts 17 says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now 
he commands all people to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance in his word to all by raising him from the dead. Is that an isolated verse in God's word? No, it's not. It is one of many. Hebrews 9, 27 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, is that all? No, it's not. 2 Corinthians 5.10 said, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. My friends, there is a day coming when there will be judgment. That's not because I've said it this evening, but God's word is full of references to the fact that there is a judgment coming. When? I don't know. And neither do you. And there is not a man or woman or human being on the face of the earth who knows when this day is coming. God alone knows. Because he has appointed that day. Scripture clearly tells us that it's coming one day. And I want us to look at four different points this evening. And first of all, I want us to look at the great white throne. The one who is seated on the great white throne is none other than God himself. This throne appears in heaven. And it signals The end of time. Now God has given us the opportunity to repent. God has given us freedom to get our lives in order with him during our lifetimes. That is in time. T-I-M-E. In time. Because when time comes to an end, the day of God's grace comes to an end. That is a solemn thought. God is gracious. God's grace is extended to every single one of us. Whether you have closed in with God's offer of mercy or not is not for me to judge. It is for you before God to know. The time is coming when time will be rolled up like a scroll. And when it's rolled up, time is finished. Life as we know it, will come to an end and eternity has has begun. How long is eternity? We don't know because eternity is unending. 
There is no end to eternity. Once eternity begins, eternity remains with us forever. There will never be a moment afterwards when eternity is not a reality. And my friends, when that great white throne appears in heaven, all are summoned before God. Small and great, rich and poor, important, not important. Now you ask me as other people have asked in the past, what about someone who died a hundred years ago? Where is their body? Their body is reduced to dust. Is God able to bring the dust back together? Where did we come from? We came from a handful of dust. God took of the dust of the earth and he fashioned it. And he made it into man. Breathed into him, into his nostrils, the breath of life. And he became a living soul. God did it with a handful of dust. My friends, do you not think that God can gather up that dust again? All are summoned and all will appear. None will be missing on that great day when God's great white throne appears. Everyone, past and present, will be summoned before that great white throne. I don't understand how it all works. But I believe it because it's in God's word. God's word is peppered with references to what is going to happen on into the future, on that great day when Christ returns. All will be summoned before that great white throne and none will be missing. The second thing that we notice is this palpable fear. Fear which You could almost feel fear which causes people to cry out to the mountains. Fall on us and hide us from the face of whom whom we have to do. Fear, the event strikes terror into the hearts of men and women. Crying not to God but crying to the mountains to hide them. What from? His face. To hide them from that face with which they will have to do. And when that time comes, and I hope you will take this home with you tonight, it will mean that the day of grace is ended. The day of grace has come to an end. 
Now we are still in the day of grace. There is still an opportunity for anyone, for every one of us to get our lives right with God. To have the question of our sin dealt with. You know that sin separates between man and God. And I can't remove it. You can't remove it. That's why Christ had to die on the cross. That sin might be dealt with. He is the only one who can remove that sin. And on that day, for many, many people, there will be terrible, terrible fear. Because there will then be no opportunity to repent. Why? Because the day of grace has ended. How many more days have we got left of the day of grace? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know anybody down here who does know. Only God knows. But rest assured of this, my friend. God's day of grace will end. Are you ready? Have you made that preparation that is necessary? Have you put your life right with God? Because if you haven't, and the day of grace ends, (coughs) I can't begin to tell you what follows. It's too terrible. Too terrible. Because when the day of grace is ended, the door into God's presence is closed. And no one else can get in because the door is closed. The door is wide open today. Will the door be open tomorrow? I don't know. The door is wide open today. But on that day, when people call for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them and to hide themselves from the terrible face of him sitting on the throne. And when there is no further opportunity to repent, those who have rejected Christ or those who have neglected to accept Christ will be lost will be lost there will be no opportunity for them to change their minds thirdly the books are opened there will be no computers in heaven there is no need for them absolutely no need our world could not go on without computers as it is at the moment but there will be no computers in heaven Hallelujah. (laughs) But the records that are kept in heaven are more accurate than a quantum computer. More accurate than the greatest, most powerful computer that has ever been made. Far more accurate. There are no mistakes. In God's books, none. None will be missing who should be there. 
and the books are opened, and all the details of people's lives are revealed. I don't understand it. I accept it, because it's in God's word. And it says that the dead will be judged from what is written in the books, plural. Bear in mind, plural and singular here. We're talking about the books in which the deeds of every human being are recorded. But then when you talk about the book singular, this is a different book. It's called the book of life. And whose names are recorded? The names of those, can I say this in a free church, of the people who have fallen in love with Jesus. Have you fallen in love with Jesus? Have you given your life into his hand? If you have not, my friend... Your name is not in that book yet. Then you need to do something about it. The book of life is opened and the names of the redeemed are written therein. The verdict of the books is final. In our courts nowadays, If someone is accused of a crime, he goes to court and eventually the judge pronounces the judgment and -and so-and-so is sentenced to three years in prison. But we have in our country what we call a court of appeal. You can appeal against your sentence. But my friend... There is no appeal against what is written in God's books. Because there are no mistakes. There is a verse that I read this afternoon. I have to say, it brought a chill into my heart. It's Jeremiah 8, verse 20. You probably know it. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. What a terrible verse. Is that the situation that you find yourself in or have you closed in with God's offer of mercy for if you have then your name is already recorded in the Lamb's book of life and on that day when the books are opened it will be found that Jeffrey Thompson's name is written there in that book I don't know who he is But if he came to Christ, then his name is written there. But my question for you is, is your name written there?
You might say, I don't know, but my friend, you can know. Because we don't take a pen and write our name in that book. Because that book does not exist down here. That book is in God's presence. That book is kept by the angels. And there are no mistakes. And the verdict of the books is final. And when judgment is pronounced, there is, as I mentioned, no court of appeal. And finally, we come to the part that I I shrink from because it is so, so terrible. I call it what the Bible calls it, the lake of fire. That is not on this earth. Having said that, I don't know where it is. But there is such a place. And when those who have willfully rejected Christ or who have neglected to accept Christ, that is where they end up. How does that tie in with a God of love, you say? Why would God be so vindictive and send someone to such a... I'm tempted to use a word that might scandalize you, but I'm going to use it. Send a person to such a hellish place. Because that's what it is. A terrible. Why? How could a God of love send someone to a place like that? Because they have rejected his offer of mercy. Oh, my friends, it is so, so serious to reject God's offer of mercy. Because once the day of grace is finished, that offer of mercy is withdrawn. And when that offer of mercy is withdrawn, it will never be reinstated for mankind. It is gone. Because the day of grace has come to an end. The lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels. It will be the place for those who neglect to accept Christ. There are people who say that I will settle this question when I'm ready. Not today. Do I have a tomorrow? I don't know. Neither do you. We cannot presume to have a tomorrow. I feel okay. I'm 81. I was out walking to Scalpy yesterday and came back and I still had my feet on. I, I managed it fine. But I don't know what tomorrow holds. I have no idea what this next week will hold for me. Neither do you. 
My friend, my advice to you would be, if you have never closed in with God's offer of mercy, do it tonight. However young or however old you might be, don't put it off. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I'm going to read a passage from Scripture. I want you to just listen because I'm not going to tell you where it is. You know it very well. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, hell Being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw. When I read that, I stopped. The rich man saw Lazarus in heaven. Does that mean that those in the place of departed souls see? That's what it says. He lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. And Abraham said to him, child, do you remember the word that comes after that? Remember. Was he able in that Dreadful place to remember what had happened during his lifetime. Was he able to cast his mind back and see opportunities when he could have got right with God but didn't? I don't know. Abraham said to him, child, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, Lazarus in like manner bad things. Now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And these verses, and besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able and none may cross from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. What a terrible place. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. What does that mean? They have the word of God. They have the scriptures. They have the word of God. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear the scriptures, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. My friends, that is holy scripture. That is God's word.
A day is coming when time will be rolled up and finished. God's day of grace will have come to an end. Tell me, where will you be on that day? Will you have closed in with God's offer of mercy? Then your name will be recorded in the book of life. And you will be welcomed into heaven. But if your name is not recorded in the book of life at that stage, my friend, you will be lost. And I close with Hebrews 4, 7, which I quoted earlier. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Why? Because you may not have a tomorrow. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We know that we have been looking at awful things this evening. Things which could speak terror into people's hearts. But yet, we are still in your day of grace. The door into your kingdom is still wide open. The offer of mercy extended to us in the gospel is still there. O Lord, if there are any in our gathering tonight who don't know you and who have not as yet had the question of their sin dealt with, Lord, apply this word in your love to their hearts tonight so that they may know that you love them, that you care for them, that you want them to be reconciled to yourself. Grant it, Lord, we pray, that we may all, ere we leave this sanctuary this evening, know for a certainty that our names are recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not because we are wonderful people or anything like that, but because of your mercy and your grace, which have been extended to us. Lord, speak on into our hearts and bring us to the foot of the cross, because we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord grant to you his peace now and always. Amen.